the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Join the conversation now by texting Scott in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Southern California Live. Scott Furrow, your host. Great to be with you today. This is hour two of our show. We're on every single day, every single weekday. Three to five, we are live. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. You can also send me an email at SoCalLive at KKLA.com and uh, SoCalLive at KKLA.com. Good to be with you again. You know, we are uh, still looking at crazy weather in Southern California. It's not warming up. We got some more rain coming in and snow in the higher elevations. And there are there is a lot going on up in the the mountains above Los Angeles and above San Bernardino. And, you know, some communities are better prepared for this kind of snow. And some have really struggled. Crestline and Arrowhead area and communities around that area are not used to this, and they are really, really struggling. You've probably seen this on the news. After suffering through record-breaking snowstorms, some measure of relief is coming to the people who are trapped in the San Bernardino Mountains. The California National Guard is trying to deliver food, and crews are slowly making progress on clearing the roads. There have been, there's been 100, 100 inches of snow up there. I'm trying to do the math, right? But that's eight feet and plus. I mean, that's a incredible amount of snow and when you look at the the pictures and what people are going through some people's homes you know they're just sort of underneath the snow and i was watching a video where people are they're trying to get food to each other and you can sort of dig out a little bit and shove the snow you know through the top of the windows and things like that it's crazy what's going on and uh residents are getting some help now but it has been pretty rough we get somewhere road closed turn around um, trying to back up, trying to scoot over. Did you Did know it, Jensen's was closed? No. no. I think we're not going to get to the store. We're just going to go home and eat get back granola home. bars. They're going to have uh, granola bars, and uh, glad they have that. This is um, a pretty serious thing. Hopefully a lot of people are prepared and have enough food, but some people don't. There has been more and more going on. Are you following the story? Do you know somebody who's up there? Have you talked to somebody? Are you listening and you're up there and you want to join our show? Give me a call, 888 528 2557-888-528-2557 is the number. And uh, there have been some deliveries up there. I got this clip from uh, KTLA today. People have been delivering shovels because a lot of folks' shovels have been breaking. There is cat food. There is toilet paper. There is baby formula along with baby diapers as well as Ensure and so many other things. You can see there in line, there's about 50 folks in line. We met some of them here as early as 6 a.m. because they were here yesterday and the food ran out. And they want to make sure that today it doesn't run again and they, that they are coming home with things like they need, like like saying like they need diapers and milk and so many other important things. Because at this point, Frank, 
So many folks here have already run out of food, and this is their last hope. There is only one store open in this community, the Stater Brothers. The two others, their roofs have been compromised, if not fallen through with the weight of the snow. And so this is what we're talking about when we say that they are met with real terms of desperation for this community. There is a lot of uh, desperation up there. And have you watched this on the news? The roofs are caving in on some of the, not just these stores, but I watched where it looked like somebody's old Ford Bronco. It was either Ford Bronco or might have been a Ford uh, Explorer. The snow was so heavy it caved in the roof. How is that possible that it would do that in a car? But I guess so. I guess if you got 100 inches of snow on top of it, that weighs an awful lot. So there's a lot of difficulty up there that is unexpected that has come on to people in a way, you know, there's some conversation about how people should have been prepared and things like that. And I think most people were somewhat prepared. I don't know that they were prepared for two weeks uh, of difficulty and the continuing of snow here in Southern California. Uh, this is Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrier, your host. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. I was listening to a woman uh, being interviewed, and she said something, though, that I thought was very encouraging to hear. Here's what she had to say. The food drop-offs are run right now by... It appears most of the locals are doing it. Uh, the Sandals Church has had a huge impact on the food delivery, a Google Doc form where people can actually put their name, what their need is, if they're trapped. Uh, Sandals Church is a multi-site church. They're based in Riverside here in Southern California, but they have some campuses everywhere, including one campus up in Arrowhead. And I reached out to the pastor there. He couldn't join us today. His name is Ian Price. He's working hard. and But that church has done a good job. And, you know, that's something that I think we should hear. As believers, I think that is something that whenever there is a, a difficult thing going on, we really should hear, and this such and such church, whatever the church is, they really stepped up. You know, it's church people, right? It's church people who have decided, you know what, we're going to have to do something. And that church is in particular, I think, are really in a good situation because they have locations that are down the mountain as well as a location up the mountain. And I checked it out. There's a you know, you can go to their website at Sandals Church is what they're called. And there's ways that you can help. You can sign up and you can get involved that way and do all of those things. I think that there's going to be some some help that people need. It's supposed to snow maybe again tonight, a couple of times small amounts this week, maybe this weekend. It's warming up a little bit, but it's still pretty, pretty cold. And uh, I mean, it's still winter, so I guess this is what it really ought to be. Have we gotten so used to the drought that we just don't even think about it anymore? And I realize this is, some of the snow is unprecedented, right? It's not, well, it's not unprecedented. That's the right, wrong word. But it doesn't happen that often that we've had this much snow uh, all at the same time. But it is something to be thinking about that maybe this is more what normal used to be or should be. And have you seen the waterfalls? That's another thing that's going on. I, I would encourage you to, if you can get out and just go for a drive and drive somewhere where the foothills are, maybe you got to drive a little bit inland, but actually I saw these in the hills above Malibu this weekend, and I saw them in the hills um, out in uh, Ventura County and San Bernardino and Los Angeles in the foothills. Waterfalls. There's waterfalls everywhere, like even in places you wouldn't expect it, even in places where you wouldn't see the, you know, you, there was no snow on some of the mountains that I saw, but there's so much water that waterfalls are coming down the mountain. It's quite beautiful. 
It's a wonderful thing living in uh, Southern California in a lot of ways. We we gripe about it a lot because of the taxes and because of our political problems and things like that. But we really do live in a very beautiful, beautiful place. And um, that's something to think about. And in the meantime, we should help each other out. 888-528-2557 is the number if you want to join our conversation. This is Southern California Live, 888 528 2557 is the number. I was really excited to hear that the church was helping out. Do you have a story at your church or something that your church does to help out your community? If some, maybe there's something going on and you'd like to share that story, what does your church do to actually help out in the community where your church is located? Give me a call, 888-528-2557. I think that these are some really good stories. Like, do you tutor kids in the schools? Do you have trash cleanup day? Do you have services that, uh, you know, other than just Sunday morning stuff, do you do things in your community that have really made an impact, that regularly make an impact? I know a church, and this is something that it's kind of mind-boggling and it's important. They put up a sign. It was a relatively large church. They put up a sign by that, I mean, it was maybe, there might've been a thousand, 1500 people. Okay. So not a small church, not a huge mega church, but good sized church, you know, decent staff, you know, typical staff people at the church. They put a sign out, just a banner one day that said free biblical counseling. And they set up some hours where you could just drop by and uh, have free biblical counseling. That's what the sign said. The sign said biblical counseling. Okay. So it didn't just say free free counseling, you know, it's free biblical counseling. It overwhelmed that church. So many people came. It overwhelmed them so badly they couldn't really continue. You know, there's a lot of issues and things that come up with all of that. But they learned something and they had to start it in some other ways and really start to find ways to provide help for people out there. They learned that people are desperate even just for some mental care, just for some opportunity to talk to people just some opportunity to have a relationship with people. And when you think about it, we're we're talking about a culture right now that is suffering a lot, I think, from mental health conditions. And some of those things you're just sort of being told that that is, I don't know, an acceptable thing. But the reality is that there's a lot of people who just are not getting help. It's a big part of what's going on in the homeless situation. It's a big part of what's happening in our ki- with our kids. It is something that I think was taken care of in the old days because people had better relationships. People knew people. You were able to have conversations. You know that a lot of the things that people deal with, their anxieties and loneliness and some of the things that are really high at the top of the list now that people are hurting with, those things used to get handled because we had relationships with the people on our street. Those things used to get handled better because we had communication that was better with good friends, close friends, with people at church, with people, and most people were a part of a church. It's an era that's gone. There was a study a while ago that said that one of the reasons that Americans are having so much trouble relationally, I thought it was an interesting story. They blamed it on the garage door opener. They said that a lot of it began with the invention of the garage door opener because now you can drive your car and uh, you can pull up to the driveway. You can keep the radio on, keep the air conditioner on, and you hit the button and the door goes up and you drive into your garage and then you hit the button again 
and you shut off the car and the door goes down and it shields you from having to have any relationship at all with the neighbors who are next door. See, it used to be, according to this study, it used to be that you would pull up to your house and you at one point you probably didn't even have a garage with a garage door where you could even pull in. You'd park in the driveway and people were also less likely to have air conditioning. So on a hot day, they'd be out on their porch and used to have front porches where people would actually sit. But whatever the situation is, is that people used to be outside of their homes and actually be able to have conversation with their neighbor. And it could be simple things. Hey, Fred, how's it going? You know, and just be casual most of the time. But there was a connection there that often would develop into longer conversations about the news or about sports or about politics or about the kids or about whatever it is people will talk about in different situations. And we have done so many things in our culture to shield us from having even casual relationships with the people who live next door to us. Now, we know a lot about the people who live next door to us because we can hear them yelling, all right? And they can hear you yelling, by the way. Like, you probably know a lot about your neighbors. You probably know which neighbors are the alcoholics and which neighbors have kids, which kids are in trouble, which kids are not, whose marriage is in trouble. There's there's so much that you know because you hear stuff, but there's not a lot of relationship there. It puts you in a difficult situation to even know what to do. And yes, that means that your neighbors know that about you. (laughs) You know, we're in California. Our walls are thin. Everybody hears what's going on in your house. 888-528-2557 is the number. This is Southern California Live, 888-528-2557. What I'd like to hear is, do you have something going on at your church that really meets the needs of the community? Something that is not just your church service on Sunday, not kind of the standard things, but What do you do at your church that meets the needs of the people in your neighborhood? 888-528-2557. I was super encouraged that the church is so involved with the relief efforts up in the mountains at Arrowhead and Crestline where uh, people are dealing with all that snow. I think that's super encouraging. And, And these are areas, too, that matter for your church. I used to say all the time with my church, that the houses that were right next to our church property, our church property lowers their property value. Uh, are they, would they miss us if we were gone? Would the community care if the church just closed and left? Would there be a hole there? Does the community notice? Every place, I think, where Christians decide they're going to congregate, it should add value to that community. I think every place where Christians get together and worship God and have their church, whether it is in a building or a tent or a school or a library or the park, wherever we gather, shouldn't it add value to the neighborhood we're in? And I think you really tend to do that when there is something that your church does that is extra, something that your church does that is, that takes a look at the community you're in and says, we're going to add value this way. I think God does this. I think God puts that in our hearts all the time. Tell us about your church and something your church does to meet the needs of people in your community. The number is 888-528-2557, Gene uh, in El Monte, welcome to Southern California Live. Is it Gene or Jeannie? Jean. Jean, hi, welcome to Southern California Live. Hi. Um, yeah, no, I, I just have a comment about the um, if I were mayor and this is a, what I would do with these emergencies up in the mountains. I, I'm from out of state. I'm from another state originally. 
back east, and we had volunteer firefighters. But I would make these firefighters, because we're always helping, you know, the paramedics, which which is great. But I think one, one week I would give each family member, like all, I mean, all these firefighters that have families, bring, tell them they have to spend one week a year, or they don't have to have families, but one week out of the year up in the mountains. And they would have to do civil service kind of work or helping, like in these emergencies with the snow, do something like get them up in the mountains. What uh, every single firefighter would have to spend at least, or maybe every two years, they would have to spend one week in the mountains. Well, I think that a lot of the, uh, you know, a lot of the firefighters who are up there, you know, because we get in California, we get forest fires. So there's a lot of firefighters up there. I think in in some of the mountain communities, they've not had these terrific problems because they're just more ready for it. They have a plan. They've got the snow plows. They got the the fuel. They're a little more used to it. And some of these things that we're seeing on the news now, they're they're just not prepared. There should have been definitely a better state response. You know, there's definitely an argument for all of that. Um, Do you think that there are are ways that we can just be? more aware of the needs that are in these mountain communities? Is this something that is going to help us? Yeah, I think um, if I were in the mountain communities, at least I would get a hold of other states where there is snow. We had snow all the way up to our roofs in mm. Pennsylvania, Erie. But, um, you know, we in, in Christmas, what, in 2017, they had the most snow out of everyone in the whole country. But um, and they were locked in, and yeah. they didn't have food on the shelves. Thing similar to this, I would ask, say, "Hey, what did you guys do?" Because I mean, they're used to snow, used to being snowed in, and it's not a pretty picture, especially in the mountains. But I'm just saying something. I I don't know. I would I would find out what other people are doing. Yeah. Well, I think that is something that they're going to do uh, to figure out, especially in the smaller towns where there is not as many services normally. That's I think where we're seeing some of the struggle. Uh, Gene, yeah. thank thank you so much for your call and listening to Southern California Live. Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. One of the things that I mentioned I'm excited about is that the church is the churches up there are getting some. Uh, getting involved, and it's noticeable, I think, to people in the community that the churches have stepped up. The food drop-offs are run right now by, it appears most of the locals are doing it. Uh, the Sandals Church has had a huge impact on the food delivery, a Google Doc form where people can actually put their name, what their need is, if they're trapped. I thought that's just a great little shout-out there to that church because churches also have this mobility, this ability to not be the government, to not have to deal with the same kind of red tape where in this church, somebody who's smart enough with how to do a Google Doc put it out there publicly so that people could write down what their needs are. And it's really smart, really fast. And I was curious, what are some other things that your churches do in your community that help you add value to your community? The number is 888-528-2557. Uh, Lena and Van Nuys, welcome to Southern California Live. Hi, how are you, Mr. Scott? I'm um, fine. How are you? you I'm good. Thank you. I just want you to know I uh, I go to church on the way. The church founded by Pastor uh, Hayford. Yeah, and uh, we we are so diverse. We help the community in the following terms: we have uh, food delivery every Wednesday. You know, if anybody drives up to uh, the back uh, parking lot every Wednesday, we mm. partner with the Dream Center. 
we feed the community. We also take care of a uh, an elementary school that is very close to us. And what do you do for and that elementary school to take care of them? We, we provide uh, paper and supplies for the children. And sometimes we give about a thousand. Um, when school started, we gave away uh, sneakers. Mm. We got some sponsors, yeah, to give it to them. And they're brand new in boxes. And then, um, yeah. We have a lot of those. And lately, I also uh, enrolled in what's called the grief, um, the grief share for people who are like depressed in these times or any grief that's that's uh, uh, besetting uh-huh. people. You know, it's a 13-week thing. We have all these things. And um, we also have a yearly uh, group of people we send to different parts of the world to uh, minister, to evangelize volunteers and, you know. Yeah, well, your church has been known for uh, being involved, of course, in the community. And I think it makes a big difference, right? I think that if your church were to stop doing that or if you didn't exist, it would be noticed. And in your case, there would be kids with no shoes. Uh, <laughs> yes. I, you yes, know, and I, I, th- I wonder how often how people you know, if people really realize what a huge need for that is in many communities, you know, shoes are expensive. And when you have kids, they wear out, right? So you got your shoes when you start the school in uh, August and by October, November, those shoes are outgrown. Correct. You know, or they're worn out. Yeah. We also give out backpacks that are full of supplies. Yeah. But I remember uh, giving some stuff like uh, I, I gave to the paper drive. We we provide paper for yeah. them because it's kind of expensive. It's fun. I mean, the kids are very well uh, tended for in yeah. this church. Well, I'm they glad that fun. you. I'm yeah. glad that you do that, Lena. And I think it's encouraging. It's encouraging to everybody. And, and like you just said, it's fun, right? Helping people and much. loving people and doing it through the church is fun. And if we're not doing that, we're we're not only not helping, but we're also missing out on the calling that we have. Lena, thank you for your call and for doing that at your church. I got to take a break. What does your church do that is special that meets the needs of your community? The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Let me know what your church is doing. Uh, this is Southern California Live. I will be back for your calls. I see your call up there, Pat. I'll be back for your call as soon as we return. This is the Monday edition of SoCal Live. We'll be right back. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Text Scott right now in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Glad to be with you today. We're asking the question, what does your church do to add value in your community? What are some ministries that you do that really go outside just the walls of the church, but really meet the needs in your community? We're inspired because of the churches that are on board helping the community in Crestline and Arrowhead and, and areas up there in the mountains that are really struggling, struggling to get food and struggling to dig themselves out. And they, they were talking about shovels breaking, right? There's so much snow that uh, your snow shovel breaks. Uh, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Pat in Ventura, welcome to Southern California Live. Hi, Scott. Uh, how are you? I'm doing um, fine, Pat. How are you? Good. So we didn't get too much snow here in Ventura. No. But, um, <laughs> the mountains look nice, though. I heard it snowed on the beach in Oxnard. Is that true? 
It did. Yeah, that's crazy. Down there, yeah. yeah. But as far as um, helping with ministries, um, other than men's ministries and you know the typical small groups, I I managed to join a widows ministry uh, this year. The church just started one because a neighboring church, I think in Ventura or maybe Camarillo, had started one. So what we do is we just uh, send. You always have to have two or three men. Uh, you have to have multiple men go out and meet with a widow. And what I've understood is that on anybody's average street in California, maybe throughout the country, one out of every 10 or 12 homes has a widow in it. Yeah, that's probably right. by themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And so we just go out and sit down and have a cup of coffee and, you know, fix a couple lamps and maybe do some painting and some minor projects for them, just giving them some company. You know, I think that, you know, one of the things about that that matters, right, is that specifically we're told to do that. James one twenty seven. Yep. religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. It's, you know, orphans and widows, those two, over and over and over again, it just matters. Thank yep. you for doing that. I And, yep. you know, I think... that's a great statistic there. I mean, it's a sad statistic, but I think one that we should be aware of, there's a lot of widows and some widowers, right? But an awful lot of people who have lost their husbands. And that has always been the case uh, in in human society. And they're by themselves. Um, Thank you for doing that. That, And it meets the needs of the community. It matters a lot. Yes. Yeah. Well, thank you, Scott. And thank you, Pat. And it shares the gospel, right? I mean, this is this is why God wants us to do that. It's not just because people are lonely, but it's because the the presence of God is felt when we love people um, by by showing up, by being there. What does your church do that is an interesting ministry or a way that you reach out to the community? Something different than just uh, your services on Sunday, but what is it that maybe you want to share? And I, I like sharing these stories because it inspires some churches. It inspires people who are sitting in the pews wondering, well, why aren't we doing that? You know, why aren't, why aren't we doing a little bit more? Um, and, you know, sometimes the reason why is because you haven't said, hey, let's do this. And there's 10 people thinking the same thing, right? And you find that you can do some amazing things. 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Sarah in Whittier, welcome to Southern California Live. Yeah, thank you for having me on. Yeah. Got to turn that down really quick. Um, Yeah, I wanted to share what my church has done actually for the last several years. Mm -hmm. Um, It's uh, Whittier Area Community Church. And probably about maybe 15 years ago, we started what we called Serve Weekend, where we literally shut down for the weekend and went out and did projects within the community anywhere from about 20 to 30 different projects, doing home repairs, painting, cleaning up schools, doing, um, you know, beautification in the parks and anything that's in our area. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, and it's actually grown to the point where we don't sit down on the week on one particular Sunday, but we try to focus on um, a whole month where we're doing service projects all the way along. And trying to connect the the members of the church into different agencies that are close within our community, so that they're not just serving on once a, once a year type of a thing, that it becomes more of a habit. 
Yeah. Um, we actually work with some of the local districts in the area where we're giving gifts to them and working with some of their homeless populations in in the school district, giving them gift cards at Christmas and food cards and things like that. We've actually had a ministry with um, foster youth where we've worked with a local um, L.A. County social worker who works with DCSF and, you know, working with them to give Christmas parties and Thanksgiving dinners and graduation parties for foster youth that may not have it. And they, you know, will give them gift cards and hygiene kits Mm. and things like that. There's also another homeless shelter where we've had ministry there where we go in and do like a church service sort of. Once a month, they go in and feed them on a regular basis, just giving them something different from what, you know, more of a homemade meal than what they might have. So um, I, I like that my church does a lot of giving and serving, um, and it's, it, it, it encourages us to just not just serve, like I say, on serve weekend or serve month, but to try to make it a, a habit to reach out and We've even encouraged, you know, go to your next-door neighbor and see if you can help them in some way. So I really do appreciate that. Yeah, and you know what? It's so good for the people that you're you're helping, but it's also good for the church to do that. It's super super healthy. Thank you for your call, Sarah. I appreciate it. The number is 888-528-2557. I'm asking the question, what does your church do to serve the community? What is it about your church that the community would miss? If your church were to move away or close up, you know, what is it that the community would say, oh, even the people who don't go, obviously the people who go would wonder where you went. But what about the people who never go to church, but that would miss it if your church left the community? 888-528-2557 is the number, 888-528-2557. I was working with a church a while ago that had tremendous reach into all of the schools, the public schools, all of them. And the interesting thing about that relationship, it was that, you know, people will talk about the wall of separation of church and state. We talked a lot about that last week, probably a little bit more this week. And the people, I think, fear going into the public school because you think you're not allowed. But you know what I found is, and I've seen this in a lot of churches, and I've experienced it myself, that when you have a relationship with the people who work there, when you are giving to the kids who have great needs, because the teachers, the faculty, they know what kids are in trouble. And this is what amazed me about this, is that kind of on the down low, the faculty at a couple of churches at Christmas time, at Thanksgiving, at holidays, said, you know what, these particular families, they're the ones who need help the most. And I've always thought it was amazing because I I don't know that they're allowed to do that. I, I I'll bet that if if the whole school knew they were doing that, if every parent would be like, well, where's my gift card? But these teachers would would identify families who they knew were truly in financial difficulty or had other particular needs, and they would let this church know. And they would say, you know what, this family is who could really use food this Christmas. This family is the family that needs clothes for their kids. This family is... The... And it was not something official. It wasn't something you had to fill out paperwork for. It was done by relationship. And... This is something that is so crucial and with with doing ministry is that it's relational, that this is something that the church gets to do. We get to be with people. We get to be present. 
literally the hands and feet of Jesus in this regard. And you'd be surprised at how many people who aren't particularly keen on church are suddenly open to letting the church help. And then suddenly what happens, you know, is that they become a little bit more open to the idea of a faith club on the campus. And they become more more available maybe to say, hey, you know what, if your church wants to do this, that's okay. And your your ministry is is helped. And your church is helped. There's, you know, if your church is in a place where you need to have kind of a, a revival in your own church, or a place where you really need to to, you know, do something different because you know your church is struggling, can I suggest that maybe what you should do is find a way to minister to the people in your neighborhood, whatever neighborhood you're in. You know, there are there are neighborhoods where you think everybody is doing well because maybe it's upper middle class or a wealthy neighborhood and you think, you know, their attitude often is we don't go to church because we don't need Jesus. It's for everybody else. Well, there's definitely poor in your town 10 minutes away somewhere from wherever you are and you should be involved there. But don't be surprised that your church, just like our our caller recently said, that there's widows down the street from your church who might seem like they're doing okay because they got stuff, and actually they're miserable, and they need Jesus. And not because they're miserable. Everybody needs Jesus. But they need they need that ministry that you've got. And somewhere from your church, you know, if you're saying, ah, you know what, uh, we're kind of in an upper upper class neighborhood or whatever you want to define it. You know, in Southern California, you're 10 minutes away from people who have tremendous poverty and uh, who are in, uh, who just have a lot of needs. Your church can do amazing things. I'd love to hear these stories. The number is 888-528-2557. And uh, Lori, I'll get your call when we come back. And uh, the rest of you, the number is 888-528-2557. What does your church do to bless your community? Uh, I'm Scott Furrow. I'll be back as the Monday edition of Southern California Live continues. Stay tuned. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Join the conversation now by texting Scott in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. The food drop-offs are run right now by, it appears most of the locals are doing it. Uh, The Sandals Church has had a huge impact on the food delivery, a Google Doc form where people can actually put their name, what their need is, if they're trapped. That was a woman in Crestline describing a church, Scandal Sandals Church, that's helping with the food distribution up in that community that is dealing with the snow. I don't know that she goes to that church or has any relationship there, but I thought, you know, it's such a great thing to hear in these situations that, hey, somebody at the church stepped up and uh, the churches are doing things like that. What does your church do to meet the needs of your community? You have a special ministry that your church does, something unique, or it's just something that reaches out that you know is a vital part of the ministry at your church. Let us hear about it. And uh, the number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. You might just inspire someone else at another church to do a similar thing and imagine what would happen. I think it's all good things. 888-528-2557. Lori in Orange, welcome to Southern California Live. Hi there, Scott. Hi, Lori. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. What does your church I do? Well, I actually don't live in Orange. I work in Orange, and I have I live in the Crestline Lake Arrowhead area. I live oh. in Lake Arrowhead, and I go to First Baptist Crestline, okay. um, who's 
had an amazing ministry going on long before this whole snow thing. I've not been able to get back home myself. Yeah. Um, since before President's Day weekend, I went on vacation and couldn't get. And back you can't home. get back up there. Um, That's crazy. Yeah. So thank you to everybody who's who's reaching out um, and doing things for my friends and neighbors up there. But there is an amazing ministry by the Little Baptist Church in Crestline, First Baptist Church of Crestline, started by our pastor Bill Mellinger. And a lot of the people up in the mountain area are on um, financial aid, government mm. assistance, and food stamps. And what we found was that they had access, access to food and food distributions, because most churches will give out food, but they don't give out things you can't get on food stamps. So we started an organization called Mountain Health, where people could come in and get diapers, adult diapers, shampoo, deodorant, razors personal hygiene items, cat food, dog food, anything that they would need, and then we would find out what their needs were and hook them up with each other. So, for example, if a construction worker was out of work, he could go over and repair, do what we call neighboring, you know, repair a ramp or, a, or something out of one of our other, um, we, we wouldn't call them clients, but people who come in and, and participate in the program. And then we would also um, keep records. And then if we didn't hear from somebody in a while, we could reach out to them and, and drop by and make sure they were okay. And um, it's all called Mountain Help, and it was um, it's an amazing program. Like during COVID, I um, helped volunteer because I couldn't go to work, and I had the key to pretty much every uh, toilet paper, paper towel, and hand sanitizer <laughs> on the mountain in Crest Line um, because we'd been collecting those things already and giving them away. And the, the beauty of it is um, we didn't pray for people. We prayed with people. Mm. Um, so if somebody came in for prayer, I'd ask them to pray for me. They, I'd pray with them. And uh, people on the mountain, because of this little Baptist church, um, they're not faceless or nameless anymore. They feel yeah. like they, they have some place to go. And it, it's just such a unique program. Cause most churches think about giving out food, but nobody thinks about, you know, things like um, women's products or things that you cannot get on um, food stamps that are so vital. And most of it, Scott, you know, you can pick it up at Dollar Tree. And we just kept shelves and shelves. Half of the church's youth hall was just filled with this stuff. And it was organized, and people would come in several days a week and still do. So, I think that's great, Lori. It's called Mountain Help. Is that correct? H-E-L-P? Mm-hmm. Mountain Help, yeah. Crestline First Baptist Church up there. You know, and I love the creativity and the thoughtfulness, right, is that we don't have to do what everybody else is doing. This is what we're going to do. And that other congregation can do their part, and we're going to do this part. Um, yeah, that- it, it felt so good during COVID to be able to just hand somebody a couple of rolls of toilet paper because the mountain <laughs> had only three grocery stores, and they were all empty. Oh, And um, my- people were so grateful and felt so cared about. My grandfather used to call toilet paper mountain money, but it was for real for you guys. <laughs> Right. Yeah, you couldn't get get any. You couldn't get all of these um, these products off the shelf during COVID, and um, even a lot of people don't didn't have funds. And some of the people, um, a lot of people on the mountain had been missionaries and didn't pay into the government system. And so, you know, the little church was able to pay utility bills or water bills or heating bills for people who were not on government assistance got priority. And um, you know, we. We think that a lot of our seniors are able to get some of this, and if they were, especially if they were in ministry or, you know, not mm. putting money into the system, they aren't able to get anything back out. And these are God's people who ministered to us and 
We just need to minister back to them and find out who they are and take care of them. Yeah, I think uh, that's really important. I think people don't uh, realize that a lot of ministers and missionaries uh, do not get Social Security um, and uh, some other benefits because there's an option to opt out of that for religious reasons. And some people do. But the thing is, is that if if you don't plan for your retirement, then um, well, or you can't afford it, then you you don't have those benefits. And uh, so that's that's a really big deal. Have you talked to people up at uh, your church at Crestline uh, First Baptist? Uh, How are they doing? Um, they're, people are doing, doing okay, um, but a lot of people were trapped in their homes. And if you're hearing reports of people um, passing away, there have been people who've passed away. Yeah, I have not um, heard, but I little, was wondering. Yeah. So people have passed away stuck in their home. Yeah, there was areas where um, a friend of mine, Josh, who's a, a pastor up there, um, removed somebody from a home. They lost uh, power. And nobody was able to go check on them. And finally, they broke down the door when they hadn't heard from the person in several days. And so um, I think it's a lot worse than people realize. I was in a um, similar situation in 2019, but it was about a third of the snow Hmm. and was without power for a week or two. You know, and I I live in a nice home above the country club and it's not anything great. But, you know, I my home was newer, so I didn't have as much issue, but a lot of those homes up in the mountains are, are older, and that's why you see the roofs caving in. And, and people, especially elderly, they just can't afford to repair their places, and the gas and electricity is so high that even if they have it, they don't turn it on because they can't pay the bill. Do some people move up there just because that's the only affordable place in California? Is that part it's of traditionally, why? Yeah, traditionally a lot of people moved to like Crestline and, and um, some of those areas because they could commute back into San Bernardino County. But I think it's it's gone up everywhere. Everything's gotten very expensive everywhere. Yeah, it's expensive to live uh, everywhere. Lori, I really appreciate your call. Thank you for sharing. And, uh, you know, keep us up to date because, I, like I said, I had not heard yet of any deaths. I was kind of expecting it, but uh, I had not heard of that yet. And I'm hoping that wasn't going to happen. But there's a lot of a lot of cabins and just small places up there that uh, maybe people can't quite reach. Yeah. yeah, and I also sit on the board of the Mountain Homeless Coalition, and it's just a group of volunteers who help with homelessness up there. And um, there's people that we haven't been able to reach because, you know, on a regular basis, we, um, you know, we we'll, can put people up in motels and hotels and get them out of the uh, the bad conditions. But this was just insurmountable. Um, we weren't able to reach everybody. So, yeah, yeah. pray for those those people who were houseless or women living in their cars who would come to Mountain uh, Help to get help. Yeah. So, how, uh, how soon do you think you're going to be yeah. able to get back up there? I'm going to shoot for this weekend. I heard that they're allowing residents to go back up. So I was one of the people who didn't believe it was going to be that bad. I, you know, if I had been in Noah's time, I probably wouldn't have gotten on the boat. <laughs> um, and, I didn't, and I didn't turn off my water. So I'm expecting the pipes oh. to broken like they did last, mm. last time when I didn't learn my lesson. But um, I'm hoping to get back up there this weekend. Um, but really more concerned for my neighbors and myself. I, yeah. Um, well, I feel helpless being down here, but I feel, you know, grateful that I, I wasn't up there because I do live alone. So Okay. Hey, Lori, yeah. uh, can we send you a uh, a mug or, or something just for uh, being our guest today on our show? 
that would be fantastic. All right. I'm I would put, love it. I'm going to put you on hold, and Wilbert is okay. going to get your name and uh, your address, and uh, we'll do that. Thanks for calling okay. Southern California Live. You're welcome. All right. Uh, let's go to uh, Cheryl in Inglewood. Cheryl, welcome to Southern California Live. Yeah, hi, Cheryl. Oh, Cheryl. Uh, hi, yes. Cheryl. I'm fine. Yeah, my church, um, what we do is we have what's called the food distribution every third Saturday at mm-hmm. our church, Chapel of Peace. And we also um, minister to our homeless by giving out hygiene kits yeah. and things of that nature for people who are without a home. So that is something that we've been doing for my understanding is for almost 30 years. My understanding so, is that because of the uh, the emergency pandemic uh, order expiring, that uh, peep, some people will have less access to food. Uh, is Have you heard much about that? Um, no, I didn't hear about that. I, I do know that we, we went through a period where we had a lot of people, of course, during COVID, and then it kind of slacked off because I believe there were other churches doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. And then we um, also have other people that partner with us to do to give out detergent, to give out other items that are non-food items. And so that had drawn a different crowd of people in the neighborhood that normally don't come. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. But um, that was one of the things that this church has, even before I joined, because yeah. I've been here for about six years. They have been doing this for almost 30 years or about 30 years, just the food distribution. Prior to COVID, we used to actually get, give out a hot meal. We would actually cook bacon, sausages, grits, eggs, that, that kind of thing. But of mm. course, because of COVID, we don't do that anymore. Yeah. Well, maybe that now that this is ending, it might change. Maybe some of the other places that are, are doing it are going to stop. And uh, that doesn't mean the need goes away. Yeah. Well, we, we've been doing it, like I said, for at least yeah. 30 years or close well, to that. So I know that they're going to continue. Our well, church will. Yeah. Well, Sherelle, thank you for doing that. I'm glad your church does that. What church do you go to again? Chapel of Peace, Lutheran Church. Chapel of Peace. All right, Sherelle. Thanks for doing that. It matters a lot. And thanks for calling Southern California Live. All right, everybody. Hey, you know, uh, the food thing is for real. There's a lot of people who um, are hungry. And, you know, she just said that people come, you know, you might have heard that she said people come who don't really come to church who are part of that ministry. You know, that's what it's for. It's for meeting the needs of the community. Can I encourage you at your church, figure out what it is your community needs? And uh, maybe it's food distribution. Maybe it is uh, hygiene materials, homelessness outreach. Maybe it's uh, for seniors and things that people can't get on assistance. There are so many great ways to be creative. And I think God has put something on your heart that is something that you're going to want to do, something you're going to want to talk about. We'll talk about that again another time, but I'm out of time for today. Thanks for calling and being a part of Southern California Live. Today we're on Every Day from 3 to 5. I'm Scott Furrow. I'll see you tomorrow. God bless. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.